You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Don't forget to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. You can listen to programming from your local area. You can find a podcast, uh, realpresenceradio.com. You can submit a prayer intention uh, or nominate a priest for donuts. There you go, realpresenceradio.com. Welcome back to our show. We're coming up on 26 minutes past the hour. Father Eli was my former guest, and he's sticking around because of our next guest, Steve Ray from Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, good morning, Steve. Good morning, Monsignor and Father Eli. Good morning. Very it, nice to be here with you. Great to have you. Uh, I, I hope you and your family are doing well as we near the Christmas season. Are you all well out there? Yes, 18 grandchildren, and right after Christmas we're going to uh, get all together, fly down to South Carolina, and all of us, 28 of our family, my kids, my, their spouses and grandkids, we're getting together. One interesting thing is my mom just turned 99 years old in November. Wow. She was diagnosed with COVID two weeks ago, never had one symptom, and she's back in the general population. Un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. Both Monsignor and I were down for, for weeks. Your mom's a strong one. You're going to yeah, live to be... Yeah, she was 99 years old. Two tests proved a positive, and she never even got a symptom. So wow. yeah, got, I tell her, Mom, you're a tough old bird. She likes 99. to say that. Uh, Steve, it sounds like you've got a lot of life ahead of you, which is good. I haven't interviewed anyone quite like you. Um, first of all, let's get back to what we were talking about. You visited my hometown, Williston, North Dakota, a while ago and uh, had, had an impression. Yes, uh, I remember it was a, a small airport, very small airport, crammed full of guys with blue jeans, cowboy hats, and muddy boots. Mud and everywhere. I, still, uh, I had a janitorial company in my former life, so I, that, I noticed that right away. What a big mess it would be. But that's what I remember. It must have been in the boom of the, uh, of the oil. Yeah. There, that place was packed with oil workers. Yeah, it was exploding uh, 2012, 2013, maybe spring of 13, mm. Steve. I can't remember exactly, but it was money. you came out there and, uh, yeah, St. Joseph's Parish... Father Kovash is still the oh, pastor. Oh, yes, Father Kovash. Oh, yep, still the pastor. You did a phenomenal job, as you often do, as you always yeah, do. He's a great yeah. supporter. Father Kovash is a great supporter of the uh, network in the Williston area and was uh, very influential in getting us on the air up there. He's uh, a great guy. He really is. And uh, I, I'm happy to report, Steve, that Williston has built a new $220 million airport north of town, seven, <laughs> seven miles north of town, and... Uh, the problem then was uh, oil went down to $26. Uh, oh, but I know. Um, But we're ready for the next one. Yep, yep. <laughs> <And> <laughs> next we, boom. We hope to. Steve, before we get to the topic, I'm not sure what it is. I think it's understanding the creed. I'll talk to yeah. you about anything. I, I want you again to, to outline your, 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 your uh, past history uh, and, and, and uh, how, how you... Uh, influence Catholics to to question the church. I I I don't mean to keep going back on this, but but I think we need to to hear it again. Just a brief history of of who you are, and 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 how how you targeted Catholics, if I can put it that way. 
Yeah, that's fair enough, and it and it is good for Catholics to hear this because many of them get targeted by Protestants, evangelicals, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormons, whatever. There, and the secular me and the secular world now is probably the biggest one. And it's good for Catholics to realize that they are. It is true. What and the thing we're talking about today is the creeds. I believe credo. These things that we believe are historically accurate. They're true, and. You can be confident of what we believe and strong in it. And I, my mom, I just mentioned her. She started my whole story because in, 19, in uh, 1953, Billy Graham came to Detroit. My mom and dad were pagans. They didn't have any religion at all. They were not raised with a religion. And they went. They heard Billy Graham, and they became Bible-believing Christians. And they learned two things. One is that Jesus died for their sins, and they're going to go to heaven now. And the other one is that Catholics have everything backwards, upside down, and wrong, and we got to get them all saved. So that's the way I was raised, that Catholics had a false religion, it was a a counterfeit religion, and we had to get them saved because they were all going to hell, in our estimation, because they were believing a false gospel. So I spent my young years, up until 39 years old, studying the Bible, teaching. I even taught classes on how to convert Catholics. We did door-to-door evangelism. Anywhere five miles radius of of our church, we hit every house. I think we hit every house, and Catholics were always the easiest ones to, to convert, because you'd ask them questions like, are you born again? And they'd say, well, I'm Catholic. And I I didn't ask you if you're Catholic. I asked you if you're born again, and you don't even know, do you? And the next thing I know, I'm opening the Bible, and, and then the next thing I know, they left the Catholic Church and would come over to the Bible Church. So this is my former life up until 39 years old, and then I started to see all the problems in Protestantism, there were huge problems, like what is the basis of authority? We said Bible alone, and yet all of us, my even close evangelical friends, we would argue and debate over what the Bible meant. Nobody had a clear idea. We debate over passages, and I realized that sola scriptura, Bible alone, could never work, that there needed to be a church and there needed to be a tradition. And what was worship? Uh, we thought a good sermon was a good way to worship, to go hear a good sermon. There was a lot of problems, and there came a point in 1993 where my wife and I almost became agnostics because of the problems in Protestantism. I didn't want to be an agnostic. I I wanted to be a Christian, but the, the whole structure of what I was living in Protestantism did not give me the foundation for it. And then a friend of mine, I'm making this real quick, a friend of mine who was a, a Protestant pastor converted. I tried to tell him why he was wrong. We got into big arguments, and the next thing you know, through the Fathers of the Church, my wife and I joined the Catholic Church May 22nd, 1994, 26 years ago, and I've never looked back. Steve Ray is my guest, and my name is Monsignor Schumacher here at Real Presence Live, and uh, Father Josh Eli is is still in my office here at Corpus Christi in Bismarck, North Dakota. We're going to go back to Ann Arbor, Michigan, where Steve Ray is calling from. Uh, Steve, uh, that's a profound story. I I, I know what it's like to, to be asked questions and not have the answers for we don't do that we don't do that as catholics go around and and evangelize like that uh, we're going to get to the topic of creed here in a moment uh, w- w- what do you what do you have to say to to us who are 
what do I say, native-born Catholics, uh, yeah, cradle, cradle Catholics, yeah. and and uh, and and may 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 experience this, or 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 may experience a family member, uh, you know, uh, whether or not we're social distancing this year or not. But you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever Fourth of July, we don't have the answers. Maybe for a uh, a family member who who asks us about our faith, who who has recently left the faith. Well, I think that, see, we can, as Catholics, we can learn a lot from evangelicals. And evangelicals can learn a lot from us, and ultimately, hopefully, we'll all be back in one church eating one meal at one table together. Uh, I, I consider evangelism not completed until a person is at the altar of Catholic Church receiving the Eucharist. And if they're not there, then they are a target for evangelism, as far as I'm concerned. But I think that we can learn from evangelicals because they have a great passion to share their faith, the the truth of Jesus Christ with people around them. We Catholics tend not to do that. I don't. I don't say we, including me, because I love to do that. But most Catholics are grow up with the attitude of, "Well, we just don't do that. That's not something we're supposed to do." But in reality, every one of us, by virtue of our baptism and by virtue of the fact that we are Christians, we are called to evangelize. That is part of our DNA. C- Christians should evangelize. If you find good news and you have something that's worth telling about, you should tell everybody about it. If I find a gold mine, I want to tell other people about it and share it with people. And the Catholic Church is the best kept secret in the world. We should be telling everybody. People, if they knew what it was, would love to become members of it. So I think that we should all... And if we don't have answers to the questions, I think that there's a lot going on right now. People are... Catholics are starting to learn the the number of books and conferences. In fact, January 8th through 10, I'm putting on a conference. I've got 50 of the best speakers in the United States. It's a virtual conference called A a Journey into the Bible. So check my website out for that. We've got already almost 10,000 people registered for that. Because I want people to know the Bible. I want them to know how to explain the faith and defend it. And, And if Catholics don't have the answers, the best way to, to deal with that is to say, you know what, I don't know how to answer that question. I'm sorry I don't know that, but let's get together next week. I'll do my homework, and let's get back together over a cup of coffee, and I'll, and I'll give you the answer to that question you just asked me. But we should be quick to answer questions. That's what Peter says, isn't it? He says in First uh, Peter uh, 3.15, be ready to give an explanation or a defense. And that's what we as Catholics should be doing. Uh, Steve Ray is my guest. Let's talk about creed. Uh, a creed is a um, a, a form, uh, a term of how we profess our our, our faith. Uh, a creed means belief. Credo, I believe. Um, th- let's talk about your work with understanding the creed. Uh, how, how were they used in the early church? How can there there were some great debates and struggles hammering them out. Uh, it all comes back to what we believe, Steve. Uh, t- take us uh, through that. Right. We we have a unique situation in our faith today in the world because the world basically says truth is whatever you want it to be. And we say no. There is a God. He created the universe. We know how this all got started. We know that we send. There's all these things that we know are true. And so we have a creed because we want to make a statement and we want to reaffirm what we know to be objectively, historically true. And so it, even from the Old Testament, it started in Deuteronomy. The Jews, they had their creed. It says, 
hero Israel, the Lord your God is one. That was a creed, a statement that said all of the pagan nations around us have multiple gods. They have polytheism. We have one God. And that was a creedal statement that they all made. In fact, if you go to a Jew's house today, on the, on the doorpost there is a mezuzah, and in that mezuzah is that, that verse, that the Lord our God is one. It's a creedal statement. They wear them on their arms and on their foreheads. You've seen them in airports and so on, doing their prayers. That is that creedal statement is in those boxes on their forehead and wrapped around their arms. And then we as er, the early Christians, we also, the Bible New Testament even has creedal statements through it all throughout. But then when, when Jesus, he, he's, he's a curly-haired Jewish guy walking around with, with uh, I like to say, with camel dung between his toes, and, you know, then he dies and he raises from the dead and goes up to heaven, and then everybody says, well, who was that guy? And the apostle said he was God in the flesh. And people say, but you can't see God. God can't be seen. Uh, the Bible says that no one has seen God and lived. So how can he be God? So then they started to formulate these things. And they started to say, we have to make a statement so that our followers can know. And remember, lot 90% of the population all through history up until the 1850s, 90 or more percent of the population was illiterate. They couldn't pick up a book and read it or read the New Testament. They didn't know how to read, and they didn't have books back in those days. Printing press wasn't invented yet. So what's the best thing to do? Let's come up with it credo, I believe, statement, which summarizes all of the things we know as Christians to be true, and especially the things that are debated the most, and let's come up with a statement and have everybody memorize it. They have to memorize it before they get baptized and come into the faith. They have to know these truths. You can't just come into the church. You have to know the truth of it first. You have to say, I believe these things, and I'm ready to die for them. And so that's how the creeds got started. Your book is entitled The Catholic Faith, An Introduction to Creeds, and uh, I see a picture of it here, right, with the St. Peter's Basilica yeah, Dome. it's a beautiful book, by the way. It's and and, and tell, tell us the, the genesis of that book um, in the context of what you just told us. Well, I think that there has been a dearth of education, poor education or catechesis among Catholics over the last 50 or more years. And I am just amazed at the abysmal, I hate to, I don't want to be insulting to anyone, but ignorance of what the Bible teaches, what the Catholic Church teaches, and what we know to be true. And Catholics are way too easily swayed by the world. We spend way more time watching television, listening to the mass media, watching movies than we do in the Word of God and in church and learning and catechizing ourselves and our kids. Unfortunately, parents have forgotten the fact that their job is to educate the children. It's not the church's job. It's the dad's job to educate his children, and and parents have been very negligent. So I wanted to write a book. My friend Dennis Walters and I, he's a deacon. We wanted to write a book to make it an easy-to-read, nice design, and cover all of the history of the creed and of what we believe so that people can say, let's take this book and let's get a quick summary of what our church actually teaches, what the Jews taught before us. And there are elder brothers. 
we have the same God. Then we, Jesus Christ came, and who was he? How do we know he was God and man? How do we know that? And and then there was all of these um, heresies that arose, saying, well, he is part God and part man, or he's a man, and that there's a God spirit came upon him, or he is God and his body was only an illusion. And so we, how do we wrestle with all of these issues? So we said, let's write this book and give people a good summary, easy to read, make a Bible study out of it, make a parish study out of it, and give people a good idea of what we know to be true. We're going to go into break here in a couple of minutes, Steve, if you can hang on uh, sure. for, for us. Uh, Steve Ray is my, I, my guest. He's always a good one. We're talking about his book entitled The Catholic Faith. It's entitled The Catholic Faith, An Introduction to the Creeds by Steve Ray and uh, Deacon Dennis Walters. I, I see here uh, it, it, it can arrive before Christmas online. It, it is, uh, so if you want to... Um, uh, bring that uh, into your family as a gift. It sounds like it would be a good one. We're going to take a break here, Steve. When we come back, we're going to talk about... People think that these creeds somehow just, you know, dropped out of the peace of heaven, but there were great debates, struggles, yeah. fights, in, in, in hammering them out. Um, dramatic, historical um, stories that can be authenticated, and we're going to talk about some of them when we come back. Does that sound fine? Sounds good to Thank me. you. Steve Ray is my guest. I'm here with Father Joshua Eli. My name is Monsignor Patrick Schumacher. We're coming up on 42 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. Uh, you're listening to Real Presence Live on your supported Real Presence Radio Network. We'll be back in just one moment. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hi, I'm Father Chris Alar. In this world of suffering and pain, we've all experienced loss, especially the death of someone we love, and it's never harder than it is with suicide. In our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and for You, we want to be able to help you. We know that the pain and suffering is great, but we also know that we, we can get through it. So please visit suicideandhope.com to learn more. Thank you. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo, parishioner of Saints Anne and Joachim Church in Fargo. I'm excited to share with you the launch of Lumen Vision, providing eye care for the whole family, including eye emergencies, vision therapy, and routine exams. 
We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Eyes of Faith, a frame company that prints scripture verses on the inside of each frame. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. If you need an easy uh, read, uh, what I mean is you can understand it uh, in, in, uh, in, in somewhat of a layman's term. Um, it's called The Catholic Faith by Steve Ray, an introduction to the creeds. We're talking to him. I'm on Amazon here. You can get it by tomorrow if you order it within two hours. And um, I think that this is a book that, that we need to, to remember to, e- even Steve, e- even to, to, to give to a family member who, who may not have left the faith, but maybe just recalcitrant in many ways. Oh, yes, and people, even though they may go to Mass every Sunday or even every day, they so many areas they're ignorant of the faith and if you challenge them on points they have no idea how to answer or what we know to be true so yeah give it to people have challenge them to read it set up a study together as a family with it uh, it's, a, it's extraordinary work uh, we were talking over the break uh first time i met you steve was out in and was in rome and we cover of your beautiful book is uh saint peter's basilica I imagine you, your zeal for this, uh, you've, the Spirit is clearly working through you, and we're so grateful. I mean, so many converts, too, have, have given such life to the Church. We're grateful. How far, where has this taken you, this work of 20-some years? This was 20 years ago when we met in, in um, wow. Rome. Are you, have, you've been around the globe. Oh, yeah. We, not, only, uh, not only leading pilgrimages all to Catholic places, uh, we're grounded for this year, but we're back on the road again. We've got uh, eight trips going next year, five of them to Israel, and uh, one to Ireland, one to St. Paul Cruz, ten biblical sites in Turkey mm. and Greece, and also we're going to do Lords and Fatima next year. So we got eight trips planned next year. CatholicConvert.com, if people want here, want to know where to go to find out about it. And then we also have made a movie, a whole movie series called In the Footprints of God, with a whole story of salvation from Abraham to Augustine. Absolutely. Augusta. And we filmed that all over the world. We I even used, went to Iraq. I used that while I was teaching high school in Dickinson, North Dakota, oh, for good. a little while. Well, you made my good, day today. Good work. No, no. He's a good guest host. You, you, you made my life easier, Steve. <laughs> well, you know, we wanted to do that. I had no idea that it would actually work. Um, I had no background in video at all, but I just had this, I don't know whether it was a dream or a, just an idea in the middle of the night, and woke my wife up and pitch dark and shook her awake and said, Janet, Janet, quick, we have to make a 10-part video series on the history of salvation from a Catholic perspective. And she said, what? You scared me half to death. She was she's shaking. She says, we can't even take good pictures. How does God expect us to make movies? Go back to sleep. You're crazy, she said. But I got up that night, and this was not in the year 2000, and I typed out the whole outline for this thing. Father Festio said, we'll pay for it. It's, they've invested over $2 million, Ignatius Press, and we have 9 out of 10 done. It's been a 20-year project. But, boy, I've learned a lot through it, and I'm just amazed at people who have come back into the Church. I, one time, a bunch of these young Dominican priests came up to us and said, we want to thank you because we were raised on your movies and helped us want to be priests. And, boy, I'll tell you, my wife and I had tears in our eyes. Hmm. Marvelous. I'm getting tears in mine. CatholicConvert.com, is that your source? 
That's my website. Everything's there. My pilgrimages, hundreds of free documents, things people can download and learn about the Eucharist and Mary and the Church, and my books, my stores there with all my talks and movies and books and all kinds of stuff. And I have a daily blog where I put up things about the Church and theology and politics, everything. So, In our last, uh, the last time we spoke, Steve, you mentioned um, April, maybe, Holy Land. Is that still on for you? We have a trip planned for April 7 and April 28. And it's the April 7, the bus is already full. Um, April 28, we still have some seats open. And Lord willing, we're going to go. Excellent. I, I have a feeling. Open. I have a feeling I'd have to get to bed early to, to keep up with you on, on pilgrimage. <laughs> and I, I don't always do that. Plenty of coffee. Um, All right, let's let's get back. Steve Ray's my guest. We're coming up on 49 minutes past the hour. The fights, some of the debate struggles involved in hammering hammering out these creeds we have uh, today. Steve, give me a story or two. Well, the big one was in Nicaea, which is Iznik in Turkey today, and I've been there. And our next movie, I'm going to be there again because I have to talk about Athanasius, the father of the church. And he was there at that council in 325, the first ecumenical council of the Catholic Church. I think there were 318 bishops arrived there for that council in 325, and they had to hammer out one of the most important doctrines that we've ever had to hammer out and define is who is Jesus? Is he created? Was was there a time when he was not, and then God made him as a son or as a, like a, a... big angel or something? What, what? Who is he? And there was a priest named Arius from Alexandria, and he said that Jesus was, there was a time when he was not. He had a similar nature or substance to the Father, but not the same. And this was fighting words for the bishops, and they got together. And there's a legendary story, and since we're so close to Christmas, I'll tell this, and it's probably not true. I, I was doing research on it, that St. Nicholas was at the council. We don't know for sure if he was. Later lists include him, but not the earlier lists. So probably this isn't the case. And there is a story about how when Arius stood up and denounced the divinity of Christ, that St. Nicholas walked over and punched him in the face. Hmm. And, but it's a story just, even though it didn't happen, but it's really a popular story. And it showed, but the, the point was that these, these men were passionate about this. Good. This wasn't something that was, you could just, well, whatever you want to believe is fine. You know, you go start your own religion saying that he's not God, which they did, called Arianism. All the whole section of the Church started to believe that, and it took a long time to pull them back. And this council was one of the things to do it. And the creed that we say at Mass today, the Nicene Creed, is a result of this council. It put into that creed the words that they developed and hammered out in the council. And if I can just mention one word that was so crucial, it's not even a word found in the Bible. And we have this saying today that says, well, it doesn't make one iota of difference. I think everyone's heard that, have no idea why they say that or where that came from. That came from this council. Because the word homoousius means of the same being or substance. Jesus was homoousius, the same being or substance with the Father. But Arius and them wanted to change it and add an iota, which is the Greek letter I. So it doesn't make an iota of difference with that iota or out of that word. If you say homoousius, it means similar to the Father, but not the same. 
So this was a big fight over just that one word, the letter I. Do we use the letter I in this big word or not? And there was big discussion and battles over that. And even today we say it doesn't make an iota of difference, and yet it certainly does. Uh, Steve, we um, started this interview uh, with uh, some scripture and the importance of scripture. You, you mentioned the term sola scriptura, which is the departure of, of um, Martin Luther and a lot of the Protestants, which means only scripture, sola scriptura. Uh, that's, uh, what, are some, uh, what are some words or, and concepts of the creeds found in scripture uh, and and where are they? You, you mentioned Peter. Well, what are that, that's let's go back to that. Mentioned Peter. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, the letter to Peter and. Oh uh, yes, yes, okay. Well, the the scriptures. One of the interesting things about the Bible, it was not it was not written to be a catechism or a doctrinal textbook. It, many of these were incidental writings, actually, like Paul. He, he gets some questions from Corinth. They're having big problems. He starts the church, and the next thing you know, there's, they're not sure what to do with the prostitutes, and they're not sure what to do with uh, people still going to the temple of Apollo and eating meat that was sacrificed to idols. So Paul writes a letter to answer those questions, never knowing that that's, I don't think he ever realized that someday his writings are all going to be collected and put into a book called the New Testament, which was going to have equal authority with the Old Testament. And so that w- what happened is a, is a Christian they started to read these writings, and by the end of the 4th century, this is an interesting thing, because the, the New Testament wasn't collected into a book until 400 years later. It was the end of the 4th century where the New Testament was finally said, okay, these 27 books, not one more and not one less, these 27 books are inspired by God, what Paul wrote, what Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John wrote. And so, but before that time, for that 400 years before, where did the people go to find out what the truth was? They went to these writings, but nobody knew for certain which ones were inspired and which ones weren't. There was over 300 writings claiming to be apostolic or from from Peter or the book of the Hebrews. There was a bunch of them. So for those 400 years, the way they knew this is they had bishops, first of all. They had the magisterium of the Church. They had the beginning of the New Testament, the writings, and they had the sacred tradition. That's the beauty of it. They had the sacred tradition. The way I say this when I take my groups to Israel, we're on the Mount of Olives, and this is where Jesus ascended into heaven. And I say, now, just imagine this. You're standing here with Jesus 40 days after the resurrection, and he's now starts going up, 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 and the last thing you see is the bottom of his dirty feet as he goes up. But before he gets into the cloud, he turns around and he yells back down, hey guys, don't forget to read my book. Jesus didn't say that. There was no book. He never promised there was going to be a new book written to be added to the Old Testament. Jesus never even wrote anything down except in John 8 when he scribbled in the sand with his finger. So what did Jesus leave behind? He left behind 12 men, one of them carrying the keys of the kingdom. And those 12 men went out and began to teach and practice and that became the apostolic tradition. Now we've got the magisterium and the tradition, and some of what they taught and practiced was written down and later collected into a book called the New Testament. So now we have scripture, tradition, and magisterium. Those, and it was in that process. It wasn't the Bible first. 
It was first the living church, the magisterium of the church, and the magisterium just means teaching office. And then came the tradition, what they taught and practiced. And Paul said, hold fast to the tradition that I left you, whether in writing or by word of mouth. I commend you, he says to the Corinthians, for holding fast to the tradition that I left you. So you have first the magisterium, and then the tradition, and then later comes the Bible. And so it's like a three-legged stool. There's three sources of this authority. There's scripture, tradition, magisterium. They all three work together. You take one off, it's like a three-legged stool. If you pull one leg off the stool, the stool falls. It needs all three of those. As a Protestant, I just had the Bible alone. I was trying to sit on a one-legged stool. Um. Steve Ray is my guest, and we're, we're talking about his book. We're speaking with him about Creed, uh, about his uh, travels here to the Upper Midwest and what he has going on on his, um, his pilgrimages, catholicconvert.com. Uh, Steve Ray, we're, we're coming up on the end of our time here together. I, I want to thank you for, for calling in, and uh, this is probably your last interview uh, before Christmas on, on the Real Presence Radio Network. Maybe not, but regardless, um, I would invite you to um, give a greeting and a, a word of encouragement to all of our listeners as we prepare to celebrate our Lord's birth. Oh, I would just uh, really say that you are very fortunate to have Real Presence Radio. There's parts of the country that don't have Catholic radio, and those parts of the country that do, please take care of your radio station. Make sure you keep it on the air, not only just to keep the status quo, but help them develop and expand their boundaries so they can reach more people. Because today the world is full of bad news, wrong news, secular news, and it's leading people astray. And we got to be grateful for Catholic Radio, which is telling us all the truth and nothing but the truth, and promoting the kingdom of God and that which matters most. The whole goal is to get to heaven. You have to be a saint to get to heaven. And Catholic Radio is helping us all do that. So please support it. And thank you, uh, Monsignor, for what you're doing, helping get the good news out to people. Uh, Steve, thank you very much. I wish you and your family all the best. Health, safe travels. I'm uh, very happy to hear your mother of 99 years of age is doing well and um, survived COVID and hardly flinched. So give yep. her give her our best. Okay. And uh, I hope to visit with you again. Thank you very much. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Steve. Merry Keep Christmas. Up the good work. Well, well, there you go, Steve Ray. Um, the book is entitled "The Catholic Faith: in, An Introduction to Creeds," and he there's, there's a man on fire right there. He he has a, a great story, mm. and just I I can feel the, the, his energy. It's palpable and mm. and uh, uh, kind of gets us on fire. Right. I, I sat through a week, and I think there were four hour sessions. And uh, yeah, you didn't. We didn't flinch. You were you were engaged. He uses great anecdotes. He's just got a great presentation. The Holy about Spirit, him. the and Spirit bright. of Truth, um, a cordial, uh, very generous with his time here yeah. on the Real Presence Radio Network. Uh, and I like to get him. Uh, I like to get him on again. Uh, CatholicConvert.com is Steve Ray's website. A lot of great content on there. And could you imagine going to the Holy Land with him? I Ooh. mean that that would. Uh, uh, the Holy Land is life-changing, yeah. but with somebody like uh, Steve Ray as... Uh, knows the scriptures, as, knows the history. As, as your, your daily push 
uh, to, uh, get, to get on those. Get on that next trip. April 7th. 28th uh, might, might have a spot or two. The day after my birthday. Uh, the next one is the 28th is a possibility. And uh, so Steve Ray, I want to thank him for being on. He called in from Ann Arbor, Michigan. We got a great next hour planned on your Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live. We'll be back in just one moment. Mm-hmm.